trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. For this week's episode of The Kettle is Hot, I'm joined by my guest, Era Juliet. Era Juliet, who goes by she, her pronouns, that bitch, and or queen. She is the Beyonce of all her friend groups. She is the sister you never had, the mother you always wanted, and the cousin who buys you brunch. She does business sales for a major corporation by day and is an online comedian slash social media clown by night. Currently working on a podcast with another fellow comedian where they ask stupid questions to smart people. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. <laughs> Uh, I am so happy to sit and chat with you today. I am. I am excited that you asked me to be your guest. I mean, I also like I had to return the favor after being on your show because that was a goddamn hoot. So. It's too much fun. I actually, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're reworking that and I can, we'll have you back again because that was way too much fun. Um, so I was just thinking the other day, how did we meet? But we met at a brewery. We met at St. Elmo like almost a year ago, a little over a year ago now. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it was almost a year ago because it was our pride brew. So it would have been a year now because we did our, it was for our pride brew and you were working for one of the corporations that I asked us to do donations for, um, for our pride beer, which we are doing again this year. We're doing a new one. And I did what you suggested, looked into it, and we are going to donate to Austin Black Pride this year. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. So yeah, we met there. And then I've also like, before like we became like actual friends, I knew you were like a comedian. So I saw some of your shows and you used to host your show back when we were allowed outside. Um, <laughs> and you know, we've, we've now got to be really close friends and I'm so excited about that. And yeah, here we are just being magical black queens in, in Austin, Texas. <laughs> we are a year later. Who would have thought? Me and you. I mean, honestly, me, I was <laughs> like, we're going to be friends. Did you manifest this? I did. I was when I was at I was at uh, the brew with Nikita, and she was like, "We need to be friends." Or I was like, "No, I I agree. Like, it needs it needs to happen." Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to talk today. As you know, like with the kettle is hot series, I've been talking to people about you know current events, the Black Lives Matter movement being rejuvenated, um, defunding the police, um, pride issues. And so I figured like the topic you sent in was like a perfect uh, topic for us to discuss today of being a black woman in the midst of adversity. And I'm like, poof, just at me next time because I am tired. We all grow. It is, it has been, uh, I mean, it's something that we carry throughout our whole lives, but recently, I mean, I can't be the only one where it felt like 
it's, I mean, this is the heaviest it's felt. You know, there's some days when I'm just like, all right, like, please let something good have happened. Please let any, like this, please, please God, don't let there be anything else, you know? Yeah, really feeling that uh, it's like never ending. And for me, when I first saw this come in, I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, I just feel like as Black women, we are expected to constantly be okay. Like to be very strong, to be stoic, to not let things get to us. I think that that's something that's one of the, that's something that I was thinking too. You know, I even read this graphic when it's like, how are all of your black women friends, the like strong black women, the only strong black women that you know? And it's because that you have been built to think that they are not allowed to be vulnerable. Like it's something, it's like something that's ingrained in other people. Like, and it goes back to, you know, history of us, like nursing other people's kids, being the caretaker of, you know, literally being the hard workers. And we don't get that, we don't get that title or anything like that. It's just something that is supposed to be ingrained for us, you know, take care of your family, take care of this. And that's it. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to be upset and you're not allowed to break down. Um, so yes, I feel like black women and I'm not saying, and I'm not taking it away from anybody else. Cause I know it's been hard for, for every single, like, you know, black person out there, but I do see, and I've read my, my, my black friends or female friends are holding that the hardest. Yeah, I mean, the 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 level of being a caretaker, like, I even think about, you know, we lost my one of my cousins back in April, like, unexpectedly, and my first thing was, like, who's going to take care of her kids? Like, knowing good and well, like, we had other safety measures in, in place, but, like, that very innate, like, caregiver, it takes a village, all, like, all hands on deck, and, you know, the women in my family really rallying around, and then, like, the point you talked about, like, being vulnerable, I was walking with a friend yesterday morning and she was saying how much she loves the show because of my vulnerability and the vulnerability my guests have when they're on this show. And I was saying to her, I was like, um, cause she had asked me like, do you ever get nervous? Like sharing your things, like if your family would hear it. And I was like, no, like the whole point of me starting the show is like, I wanted to have these conversations, but also to end that generational trauma of like black people period but specifically black women aren't allowed to be vulnerable or show when we are failing or you know not allowed to cry or like and like with me even like on social media like I am very big on like not only showing my wins I'm like everyone's like your life must be so great I'm like there are days when I'm so depressed I just lay in my bed all day (laughs) like don't don't let the out you know like people say like social media can be all the highlight reels. And I'm like, no, I want to be real. Like I want it to, I want my social media to mirror who I am as a person. Um, And so like, as I think about black women specifically in this movement and you know how um, there's a video of Kiki Palmer on the breakfast club and her talking about like the level of abuse that black women suffer. And it's like, we are never able to like tell other black people that we are tired. Like, if we try to center ourselves in things, it's always like, well, no, no, no. Like it's, we're talking about black men getting killed and we're like, but black women are the ones who, who always show up. Yeah. Um, I, I totally do. I totally do feel that as well. But I, I do feel like also with black women um, in particular, in order for you to be heard, you do have to expel like this long 
event of trauma porn for someone or something that's happened to you for them to be like, okay, maybe we should listen or, oh, a few of them did die. Maybe we should start listening instead of, you know, and, and, and maybe I, and I don't know, I, I don't feel like that's biased if I can be honest, especially these last few weeks, I just watched black woman after black woman, you know, black trans woman after black trans woman die or get hurt or something <laughs> happened. And it was just like, they were fighting so hard to just be heard. I just felt like, um, especially when I when I started, um, I think it was when I really ran into the death of um, Breonna Taylor and how far along that had been. And I don't know if you watched the actual interview of her mother of how what happened, like this, like how long it took for them to even tell her that her child was dead and like just left in the apartment. Um, the police officer had been rushed there, but her daughter had been laying there for eleven hours, um, and that. I think that really, I don't know what it did, but it just really awoken, like hit a point for me. Cause I'm like, this woman was an EMT. Like she worked so hard. She took care of, she had her boyfriend. She had all these people here. That was the, the, the one of the, the hardest moments for me when I listened to that interview and watched her mother break down. And she was asked to expel her trauma for us to care, for us to beg these people to care about her daughter's life. And I think that that irritated me the most was watching a like, we watched these videos of, you know, other kids saying all this stuff, but we had to watch a mother beg and expel trauma about um, her daughter laying there for 11 hours, no one caring, her not even knowing her daughter was dead. I just hated that she was asked to expel her trauma in order for people to care. And that's what I feel like it is like being, um, you know, a woman. Like why did, well, being a black woman, why did she have to explain her daughter's value? You know what I mean? Everybody else already has this idea of a value, like their life matters, you know, but she literally had to go through levels of why her daughter's life mattered in order for people to care. And I think that's what it, that's what it hit me. I'm just like, I feel like that's kind of what it is. Like, that's kind of how it is um, for us, you know, it, like when I watch other black women or people having to share the mic with them, like within these last couple of weeks, it was like, these women literally have to explain who they are what they do, all the stuff just for someone to even care and listen, to demand attention. Um, that's just, I, I, I think that, that 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 just kind of shows, you know, but, but our place, like where people have forced our place, force a place for us. Um, is to, They want us to lead, but yet be behind. And that, that that's, that's weird to me. Like, yeah. how? Yeah, I've been having a lot of issue with that too of like you know we have to to prove that we are worthy of you know taking up this space a lot of the time and especially like you know watching you know activists who make speeches and you know what you know, all these videos that are coming out of like these black women really taking the helm and how how much you know i mean even if we just think about like whenever a black person period is killed it's like we have to say why our lives mattered because we are constantly vilified like they try to make well brianna had just quit a job like so she deserved <laughs> she deserved to get murdered like what are we talking about or like you know when you know every time you know a black man is killed like well he had a criminal record and blah 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 and it's like you are trying to make it okay that someone murdered this person to make you feel better about it like that's not what we're talking about right so that you know i i know you had posted about it and and i did too and a couple other friends of like 
as a black person, I don't need to watch another black person die. Like that's a fear I already constantly have. And so this is why sharing this video is traumatic and having to explain to people while this is traumatic, but I'm like, oh, white people, your privilege is never having to see a white person get killed like this. But also it was just the fact, I don't know if you had to deal with it, but like having to argue with people and explain that no, we don't need to see this in order to care. Oh yeah. I had plenty of people sitting here as well. Well, and it was, uh, I, I did have a white friend. Uh, he explained to me like, you know, I'm sorry that this is happening, but this is the stuff I have to share in order to get people to care. And I'm like, what? Like, I literally had to respond back. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. I really don't because um, I, I don't. Like, I, I don't, I really don't know what I'm supposed to say. Like, I, I remember that I remember when I didn't even click the video of George Floyd's death. I saw someone share it. And I remember I was like, oh, like, I was like, please, God, like, don't let this be what it, what I think that is. And then when I saw the quotes, like, I can't breathe. And I just thought about how the exact same thing. And I was like, I refuse. I have, I did not watch the full, I still have not watched the full Me neither. video because I refuse to watch someone die. On, I, I can't, um, I, I was like, I'm not doing that again. I, I, um. I refuse. And I think that that kind of like goes back to when, when I was talking about like being a black woman, like, but also protecting yourself in this climate was like, you know, I, I have, I, this is one of, like, as I said, this is something we deal with. Um, we deal with constantly. And I had to allow myself that the time to remove myself from certain things. I at first was so angry and so aggravated. I did take time off work cause I cried and I just couldn't, I couldn't speak to people, you know, um, and I was tired of the text messages and people like the, you know, the performative stuff, you know, and I, I just was like, I, I was tired. Um, and I, as I said, I feel like we're not allowed that. And I was like, people were getting mad. I wasn't responding. People were getting, you know, like, like I had to be their white guilt remover, you know, or I had to let them, tell them that they're one of the good ones. And I'm like, you know what? I'm hurt. Like I'm hurting physically. Like, I don't care. Like it was literally like, fuck your white feelings. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but it was literally just like, it was, I was over. I was like, forget it. Like, I, I don't, I don't have time for your, like, I was like, because who is caring about me? Yeah. I, I hurt you to watch the George Floyd video. But when I see that, I see my brothers. I see my brothers. I see my dad. I see my uncles. I see my cousins. I see me. I see that. I don't have time to sit here and comfort you because you felt sad that you saw that. I have to sit here and think about what is my next mode of action? Are my, is my family okay? Yeah. Uh, I want to back a little bit because I, I, I agree with like the, the getting people that people have to watch it in order to care is like, for me, I'm like, I don't need to watch a child starve to know that I don't want children to starve. Like, I don't need to watch a car accident to say I never want a person to be in a car accident. Like, so that whole trope of like, I need to watch in order for people to care. I'm like, no, people don't want to care. That's, that's the difference. Or, I mean, there are some evil people out there who just love to see black people suffer. Um, and then also like the default is is for people to care about white people, right? Like whenever we see this when like girls go missing, like there are black women, indigenous women, women of color, people of color who go missing all the time and you never hear about it, but let a little white girl go missing or get kidnapped and the whole world shuts down. Like there's just no care for, for black people, specifically black women. 
Um, and then also like that time to mourn in the black community of like, I don't think people understand how much being black is an identity and it's communal. Like people always joke like, but, but, but like the black nod, like it is like a, a, a black colloquialism. Like we see each other all the time. Like we acknowledge each other. We, you know, it, I, so whenever a black person is killed, it is very personal. Like you may not know them air quotes, but like, like you're saying, it is such a communal identity to be black, especially to be black in this country yeah. um, and know how much our community, our people, our family have suffered. Um, so yeah, like you were saying, like taking time off work, going off of social media, like I, I saw something the other day of like, you know, black people are expected to always show up and like not have a problem. And that's like at work when you're dealing with a racist boss, when you're getting looked over for promotions, when, you know, someone in your family passes away or another black person is killed, we're expected to show up whole and just be fine. But there's, you know, I don't think people understand how much racism and, you know, air quotes, microaggressions really affect mental health especially for black people like we are never allowed to <laughs> take a break like brianna taylor was killed in her house while sleeping like in her own home like like don't tell us we're safe we're never safe we're not like i always deadbolt my door because i'm just like i don't it, you just don't ever feel safe oh, well that really and i if i can be honest that really has changed my life in the last couple of weeks because i live alone now and i just sit here and like i'll be texting my friends letting them know exactly like they didn't even ask i'm just like what am i just so i'm doing this where i'm at like when i leave because it's like i don't know any i i, I don't i i have experienced discomfort um but also, like, I don't know if this, is, and I think that this is why I really do think we need to allow, like, why I think that there's so much power in removing yourself, like, figuring out your place in things and saying no, you know, no to certain things, um, especially during the times is because all of this, for some reason, unlocked so much past trauma that I had had or stuff I'd repressed. Um, you know how you're talking about we're expected to show up and things like there's like micro like microaggressions or like past things like out of nowhere I just remember started remembering like it was just so it was like I'd pushed down like so much racism or hatred it was like I had forced myself to go to different places that when all this stuff started happening and I saw people sharing these things on Instagram or you know perform being very performative like you know I saw white people like posting things I'm like wait didn't you like used to explain to me that you were allowed to say the n-word like i literally you know there was this like times that i lived that's why i felt like i was like i gotta remove myself before i turn into real housewives of atlanta on every single person like it was it was becoming not healthy you know for me and i think that that i think that um i think and i and i had that i think that i had to like for me I took time, I removed myself, um, and I'm still trying to be very limited on things, but I had to write about a lot of things. I wrote out a lot of um, letters. I wrote out a lot of things because there were a lot of things I was pushing down. Um, I had a boss that would use a bunch of microaggressions and stuff like me. She would call me Issa all the time. And I used to love, I was like, oh, I love that. But why was she calling me Issa? Like, you know what I mean? Like she would say stuff like, like you know, there were certain things that she would do or, you know, that I had to write out a letter, like saying, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I excused that and letting her know of the time, like I didn't send it to her, but I had to let write out times of things that she did something, um, that I had to take home 
and think about. Um, I thought, I thought about like old teachers and things like people, I couldn't even remember their names, but I literally took the time these last couple of weeks to write out things, um, that was making me angry, um, towards people, you know, uh, stuff I'd been carrying that I was centering myself into other people's fights, you know, other people's like, you know, I'm like finding, reading this stuff about race and like, okay, but like this happened to me, you know, I was centering myself and that's unhealthy. Um, but it is, you do have to think you do need to work through it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you made the comment of like, you know, having to remove yourself because you saw all these white people with their like performative allyship and, you know, now I get it and I'm so sad and I'm just, you know, and that was a big thing for me, like having a lot of conversations with friends who were like, I think like well-meaning, but not realizing because they never had to, that their privilege of like trying to dump their feelings on me is again, their privilege and, you know, of uh, another like microaggression, like you're expecting you to come to me to let you unload your feelings of, you know, how you've, you know, uh, benefited from white supremacy. And I've said to them, like, uh, you dumping your feelings on me is not allowing me space for me to have my own feelings and, and, and work those through. Like, I can't be your therapist. I'm not a therapist. Like, this is not what we're about to do here. But also, didn't some of it feel like they weren't really trying to work through it, but just trying to see where they stood with you? One friend, yeah. And I've had a full-fledged conversation with her around it. Because I was like, we've been friends since 2008. So we've been friends for 12 years. So the fact that you were just now getting it is a slap in the face to me. Because you should constantly be like, Brie could die tomorrow for being Black. Like, I want you to sit with that fear of like the constant fear that I am in. And I think that that's what offended me so much is that I saw so many people saying that now I get it. And I'm like, wow, we've been friends for this long. Wow. You've been saying like it, you know, and it's not even so much about like me. It was like, dang, like, was I the only one you cared about? I don't, it, it, it like, it was, there was levels, there's layers to unpack there. Like the, you know, I'm getting messages from people I met at Highland once, you know, and, and it was uh, and it was, it really, a lot of it felt like they were trying to clear themselves, you know, um, a lot of it felt like that. I, I, um, and I think that that's, that's, um, and I think that, as I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot, like, there's so much power in saying no. Mm. and I was like no I'm not responding to it I'm not opening like there was at first I felt like the need I had to respond be like thank you so much I'm like actually why thank you for saying hi <laughs> like I had to literally like why why thank you no there was there was so much I was like I'm not giving my energy to this no because I have to protect my crown because at the end of the day I know where my fight is like I know that even though I'm hurt and I'm tired I'm never gonna stop being black I'm never going to stop fighting for my people. And even if people do see me as such, like, I'm always going to be vulnerable. Like, I'm always going to fight for people who, I'm, I'm always going to. That's, that's always going to be it. And I don't owe anybody anything. I don't owe anybody my presence. I don't owe you a response. I don't. 
I think the last couple, well, maybe like the last month has been like really unlearning being palatable to white people. Like what you're speaking to of like, thank you for reading this. And I'm like, no, you should be reading this. And I tell people like, take that sorry, I'm, I'm sorry energy or like your white guilt and go do something with it. Like use your privilege of like people who are like, I'm cutting off family because they are so racist. I'm like, that does nothing for me, girl. Like, <laughs> And you've been to have them family members. You've been letting them say the N word at the dinner table. And now like, girl, go have Thanksgiving with them potatoes. I know you're going to miss their dinner anyway. Go eat it. Like you are not proving anything to me at this point. Right. And like you walking away from them isn't helpful to me because you're not talking to them. Like you can talk to them and I can't like, so like, don't, don't walk away from the situation. I mean, obviously like keep safe and all that stuff, but like you, you can have conversations and maybe potentially like get them to like not be assholes. So like every time a white person's like, you know, I've cut off my family or like, I can't even communicate with them anymore. I'm like, okay. And like, I'm not giving you an award for that. That's not how you show up. And like, I wrote a whole blog post, on, like how to be an ally, like what to and to not do. And I was like, number one, Stop asking black people to educate you. If you can yes. find a co- if you can find a coffee shop, you can find out how to be anti-racist, right? Like you can Google all them Etsy web shops with <laughs> cute shirts and things that you want, but you can't Google anti-racism and you can't Google any other movies besides Thirteenth and anything about t- to be a slave and stuff like that. We got I really got to sit here and talk to you about why the cage bird sings right now. I'm sorry, ma'am. What I'm not gonna do is that. Like what we're not gonna do is sit here on my day off, talk to you about Thirteen Years a Slave ma'am <laughs> yesterday for juneteenth like i posted a thing and i was like black people rest today don't do anything you don't got to do white people here's also thing here's things you can do and i said watch um, watch black content like watch movies listen to music i'm like but watch movies that aren't about slavery or the oppression of black people or black people getting murdered like that's not it there is so much joy in the black experience and i hate that in order to allow people to care we have to show them the pain part of it I really hate that. Um, I bet that's, and that's how I felt recently. It's like when people will randomly text me, well, today I've decided to read the black breastfeed mother's journey into, and I'm like, why are you telling me about what stories you have to read to be anti-racism first and foremost? It's always some depressing, the black man's foot was cut off. Why? Like book, like that's, you know, and they have to tell you this. And I'm like, there's so much joy in the black experience. You know, you can't take that time. I'm not saying deny our history because we, we, we are still, we are still going through it, but we, we didn't all, like, we don't always, you know, um, I, I have recently for me, like, I think that some of the biggest stuff I did was I started looking into like, and maybe, I, like, I don't know if this might, but I started really clinging on to the Black relationships that I had more than ever. You know, I don't know, like, you can sit here. I know that you've seen how many times I'm in your inbox sending you stuff because I'm just like, I just want that, like, there's there was something when everything happened where I was like, I wanted community. Like, I started messaging, like, my friends, sisters from, like, back, like, all this stuff because I was like, no, we need to be strong more than ever. Like, I'm going to, and I'm not sending you something bad. Like, I'm going to send you some silly-ass videos. Like, I'm going to send you something, like, like I'm... I needed that. Like I, I wanted that because there's so much, like, I just feel like there's so much, like, we don't have to sit here and be held down by this. Like there's so much joy in our community. There's so much fun. Like there's so much things that people wish that they had that they don't, and they're not going to ever have that we do. Um, yeah. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I really took the time, like, um, 
I took the time yesterday. Like I, I, I peeled myself off yesterday. Um, and I just did not, I removed myself from any type of infographic stuff of people sharing to me about a holiday that I've been new about. Um, <laughs> I pulled myself off any infographic, any infographics that had to be answered. I was like, I pulled myself off all of that. And I allowed myself to experience my, my, my true self, my joy experience, my like enjoy being around, you know, me. And, and I really took the time to sit here and think like, who is allowed to enjoy me anymore? Like, like I was like finding, like, I think that that's another thing though right now is, when, you, when I started getting all those performative text messages, things like that, is who am I, who and what am I allowing my energy to anymore? Because some people really, it really did come out that some people really did just view me as their black friend, their fun black friend, their exciting, like it really did that. Really uh, I, can, I can't be racist because I have a black friend. Like that's my thing too. Like, and my friend Brittany was just on the other day and we talked about this of like, I've had a real problem with people who say black lives matter, but then I don't see them with any black friends. Cause how? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yes. Like I, I can't, I can't even like, I'm just literally like trying to like that, that. I don't know if you saw that one photo of like the people protesting in New York. And then it was like those people sitting at the brunch watching them that's how I felt about that. Like, okay. Like, like how, like, and I, and I, and this is like, I like, it's so funny that history repeats itself. Um, you know, four years ago, um, polls happened and I was pulling up like old, like, you know, you see your Facebook memories and how it turned into this whole, like, I don't know if you remember turning this whole racism thing. It took away from the fact that this was a, a like, um, um, a moment of grief for like the queer community, but it was like, oh, he was this and it was that, you know, it took it all away. And um, how uh, people were, it, 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 like Black Lives Matter becomes this whole, like it just became then everything was like queer lives like matter. And it became a whole profitable thing to say. It became this whole like motive of like, you know, it, it and it felt fa like false. Like people were starting to say it because they knew like, it was money. Like it was like stuff you could be losing. It was people you could be like your biggest, I don't know. Like, and that's how it feels. Like when I see like how you're saying, like people you don't see like businesses, when they just post, we hear you, we see you. And it's like, but what, mm -hmm. but how, like you, you, you've it's the, never, it's the profitization of our struggles. Like I went out, like there was a, you know, there was a business that, um, out here in Austin and that was posting some, we hear you, we see you BS. And I had one time been to their establishment and was the only person out of my group that got charged to go in. And when I talked to the owners and I was like, and of course I was the only black one. They, all they offered me was a $20 tab at their bar. And I was like, let me ask you, how does Black Lives Matter when you never even considered to have that conversation or follow up with me and how I felt? Because I think about it every single time somebody tries to invite me to go there or when I pass up your establishment. That's why that stuff doesn't really, like, phase me. Show me how. Show me how Black Lives Matters to you. Like, Yeah, no, I'm really big on, like, I, every single job that I go to or board that like wants me to join, I'm like, I need to see your staff and your board breakdown before I align myself with anything. Yeah. And I also want a history of the ED. If, 
Like I need to, I am so like, I need to know things before. I'm like, am I just checking off a box for you? Or do you actually care about me as a person? That's why you want me here. Are you just trying to reach your black quota? I think that also though, what, when, as I was like bringing that back is, I think that it's, we have to stop thinking so big box about that, like, and thinking about it in your real life relationships too. Um, not that your job isn't, but I'm, as I'm telling you, like watching so many people having to fight them and tell them not to post these videos of people dying or having to explain stuff that was going on. I'm like, it, it really did. Am I, am I checking up a box of my friendships? Am, am I? Am I checking off the box in relationships, watching so many people that I have given not only my time and energy, but my body to, that they weren't willing to say anything? I, I mean. I saw a thing the other day of like, um, if you haven't seen some, like if you, ha- there's a march in your city and you haven't seen someone you've slept with at these marches, you're sleeping with the wrong people. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see you out here. But then also it's like all these people who were like, specifically white people who can go to brunch during freaking covid but can't go out and march at a protest and i'm like oh because we all know that covid is affecting black people at exponentially higher rates so not only are you saying you don't give a fuck about black people when you go to brunch during a pandemic or have these huge ass parties you are also saying it when you're not actually physically not showing up for us so i'm like okay Like, I am literally clocking every single person these days. And, you know, with me, I, I grew up in a pretty diverse town, but like, even still, like a lot of my friends were white. And like, I too have been thinking back to, I'm like, why was I your only black friend? Like, and it's that thing about like microaggressions of like, you know, you're so pretty for a black girl. You don't, you know, you, you speak so well. And I'm just like, no, I'm popping period. (laughs) And that's on what girl? And that's on period. (laughs) Thing I, I talked to some of my friends about I was like is it because I'm safe you know like because I felt mm. safe I grew up in a, like you know I'm mixed a lot of people don't realize that because of how dark I am but I'm I'm mixed like my grew up with my white grandma my white mom like I and I speak differently there were certain things I did like like different, like different music things I was allowed to be available for that people were like oh cool like she I had so many people like there's so much stuff like you know as I told you I was re- remembering stuff like so many people told me you're not like other black people or you're not like like I've had I've had that growing up I've been so many people's only black friend I've been that and watching them go through this whole thing of now I care is so heartbreaking for me because I was safe enough for them to, to bring like I would say they cared about my life like or did they like they they cared about me in like the, this little box term like this little this little this little or but like I but I wasn't I didn't go further than just like some caricature for them or some box that they could check off like it it it, it really it, it breaks down but also that kind of broke down levels for me too because like as I said like I grew up my white family and there was stuff that like you know my mom and my grandma didn't like you know like they they put a lot of like internalized racism things in me like there'd be sometimes I'm like ew like when I see other black like that's so good like I had to there's been stuff like the last few years I've had to take away from myself because I was even racist towards my own people and I'm not going to sit here and lie about it there's stuff that I'm learning about now that I'm just like I have to stop I can't think like that these people deserve life. like these people matter like it's not just me because I've had my educator you know I did this like my some of my other family members weren't offered the lifestyle I was off like been given to and I barely even had it better than them but you know what I'm saying but I can see how me barely having it better it makes a difference between like us and them like I I, 
there there's so much disproportion like in in within our community and i think that um i think we also have to re-examine ourselves because there is a lot of stuff that i realized how much i i hated about myself that i didn't realize that other people put into me um but i also had i had bad feelings i had bad things that i had to check myself about my own black community and i'm not gonna lie about it um i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and act like i've always been like yeah everyone you know I, I, I wasn't. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things in society that tells black people that you're not good enough already, but like me too, like I grew up, you know, both of my parents worked, we owned, they owned our house. I grew up in a diverse neighborhood where there were kids my age the whole time I grew up. Um, my community, like, you know, I learned Spanish in school. I learned how to ice skate during gym. I learned how to swim. Like there are a lot of, um, privileges I was afforded and so like you know I would you know even from family sometimes you you get that you know you're an Oreo you're black on the outside and one on the inside and like it's just like all these internalized you know feelings of anti-blackness and trying to you know separate things we don't understand I guess is the best way I can I can describe it um but to me too like having to you know really check myself sometimes like oh that's so ghetto and being like oh why why did that like yeah like or like going like to different family members like houses and being like it's not like it wasn't i grew up in the suburbs and they did not like it was just very like it was like a culture shock sometimes um so like now like yeah for sure like very pro-black very proud to be black like that was never the issue it was just like why why did I feel like my version of black was the correct version and other people's weren't and like also realizing that too is steeped in white supremacy of like the closer you are to privilege and whiteness and palatability the quote unquote better ideal black that you are um so like really having to unlearn that and and you know that's been some of my work especially like the last month or so like bringing on black people specifically to talk about this stuff because I feel like a we're never given a platform i mean we've been seeing this like share the mic initiative and you know there's an austin version going on that i'm participating in um this week and i'm very i'm very honored of that but like i'm also like okay well i have this space and this is a privilege i have now so i was asking today on my instagram like who are other black women in Austin that people should be following? Cause I'm like, while I have the attention, I want to make sure that all these other black women are noticed too. So like I have a full list of black women in Austin cause it's specifically the shit that Mike they're doing is, is Austin based. And so I want to make this person's a comedian. This person makes jewelry. This person has this show, this person, you know, all these different things that black people, black specifically black women are out here doing, but every, like the, the standard is white. And so you know, we see all these, these people with large Instagram followings and it's like 90% white. And, you know, those people don't follow any people of color because, you know, when you think of, you know, influencers and, you know, people with big followings, it's always automatically white. And so granted, I've been afforded some privileges to like have my Instagram uh, grow over the last few weeks. It's like, I've been really trying to highlight black people, black organizations, people, you know, being very pro-black and be like, if that makes you uncomfortable, that has nothing to do with me and I need you to sit with that. But I I want all of, I want everyone to win, but I specifically want black people to, like Issa said, I'm voting for everybody black. <laughs> that's, and that's been my motive. You know, um, 
I had to realign myself with some of the things and people that I was following because they were scared to mess up their algorithm or their feed or something like that. That's why I post like, like even posting a black square was hard for them. That was so like the most basic thing. Like it was like so hard for them. Um, I had a text message, um, from somebody I don't really want to sit, but I have a text message from somebody that I uh, worked with and they were like, we don't really want to, we're like, we're sorry that everything is happening and we care about you and everything, but our Instagram is geared towards so-and-so's white fratty bros. And we don't know if this is our place to speak. That's exactly your place to speak, boo. <laughs> and how was I supposed to feel about that? Like you can't like, we're sorry, this is happening to you and I'm sorry. And I care about you, but that's my extent. Like I can only care about you one person, one black person at a time. And that's what that felt like to me. I was like, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, like I, um, I've watched, I, and I've, I've, as I said, I posted a while back, I was like, if you don't hear from me or in the ways that you used to, please know I've seen something. I saw something. I had a flip. So like, and I just, I'm not allowing myself to be that black friend for you anymore. You don't deserve to be like, as you said, you know, like comedian, how I say I'm silly. I'm like, I'm like, you don't deserve to enjoy me. You don't, you don't like my energy is. And that's a way, as I say, protecting yourself, that is a way to protect yourself because I felt so broken down when I watched people who, who cared about me, didn't care about anything else. Um, and I, you have to, you have to put, you have to go where you're accepted, accepted and not tolerated. You have to, you have to put yourself in um, places like you, you need to, I mean, yes, speak out, but also, as I say, find your place in every single thing. You do not need, you, you do not need to be in everything that there's a power in no, there's a power in removing yourself. There's a power in protecting your light and energy and giving it to people who are truly going to be blessed and received by something like that. Um, and I didn't realize how, like, and that comes from also, like, not knowing your self-worth and the things, like, that Black women don't know. Like, I sit here and I felt like I was always expelling, like, doing all this stuff because I wanted validation. I wanted people to tell me that I'm worth something because the world tells us that we are not worth anything, that we are the lowest of the low, that we're the bottom of the totem pole. It's hard for us to date online. It's hard of us for us to do anything like that. They tell us that we're this, so we're sitting here, expelling out all this energy for people to be like, okay, she's different. We like her. We like her. And you know what? I love myself. I love me and that is enough. I don't need to be your dancing friend, your silly friend, if you, if it, it, just to show you that you need to care a little bit for me. I'm not going to, um, because we, we need to learn. Like, we, we need to, to learn that, like self-worth. We need to, that's something that I'm in, encouraging, like taking that time, removing yourself and figuring out, like you do not need that validation. You do not, you are valid. You were created in God's own image. You were period like you 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 were like we were the blueprint that's it like we, we're in mic drop that's it show the over bye <laughs> and that's why it's so hard everything is an internal struggle because people do not want you to know that you are and that's on what that's on period boo that's on that's it like Ugh. I will be sure to link everything that we talked about as well as your Instagram and other contact info. Is there anything you want to plug shout out as we start to wrap up? Want to make sure, you know, no, like actually no, not right now. I'm uh, taking some time doing me girl. And that feels great. I don't feel any less accomplished. I have nothing to plug right now. Love that for you. 
Thank you for joining today. Um, as you know, I like to ask my guests one final question, sort of a palate cleanser to kind of leave us on a high note. And the question is, what is the best advice you were ever given or what's a piece of advice you would give your younger self? I'll give you two. Okay, the best advice I'll, I was ever given, it was from my grandma. And I don't know if it's the best, it was just something that I think about a lot because she is so silly. Um, she was born in 1930 and she told me <laughs> when I got my period for the first time, she goes, okay, Era, here's a trick that, that you need to know in order to, because periods are painful, but the best way to not feel any pain is if you put an aspirin tablet, an aspirin tablet between your knees and never let it fall. Basically keep your legs closed. You'll never have any problems. I, I don't, I, and that's a horrible thing, but it was just so funny because that's about 1930s humor. Girl, you're so wild. So that's the best worst piece of advice I've ever received. Um, I think something that I would tell my, you know, advice I would tell my younger self um, is just uh, believe in your power. That's it. Like, you know, there's, you are special on your own. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website, theteawithbriepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to y'all later this week. Bye. Bye.